I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash pro revenge, the movie best of 2022 so far. In this extended episode, I'm going to be showing you some of the very best revenge stories from a variety of subreddits like pro revenge, nuclear revenge, and even supernova revenge. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Owners didn't want to give me what I deserved. Now they're about to lose a $3 million contract because I resigned. I am a young project manager for an unlimited commercial GC. I picked up a hammer for the first time six years ago with no prior experience. I was raised believing if you work hard and apply yourself, you will be successful. For two years, I learned everything that I could in the construction industry. I took my work home with me and studied on my own time to better myself. For that, I was promoted to foreman. I was brought in to take over a small project at a 12 building, 120 unit condo complex. It started small and the board of directors for the HOA told me they loved my professionalism, work ethic and ability to complete projects on time and under budgets. We won a big contract because of that small project. That was three years ago. I've since taken over the job of foreman, superintendent and project manager. I do the billing, meetings with engineers and board members, scheduling, takeoff, material ordering. I even train the subs on application of new products because we didn't have enough mid-management. Now, the project just passed $2.7 million. We got a bid request for another $3 million job in the same complex. All the while, the board of directors are telling me how appreciative they are and how they've gone through five different contractors in the years before committing to my company because of my management and quality of work. This boosted my confidence and I went to the owners asking for the raise they promised me one year ago for my production. They told me, the experience you're gaining is far more valuable. I said, you're right. So I put my resume on public, got contacted by a headhunter, and I just accepted an offer this week for an $80,000 a year salary, full benefits, 28 days PTO, including holidays, in the office now, no more working from the field in my own truck, laptop, Wi-Fi in my truck for on-the-go billing when I visit out-of-state projects, $80 per DM, 100% matching 401k for the first three years of my employment, and quarterly bonus programs. The company I'm with now only pays me 40,000 and that's it. None of the above listed benefits. The final nail in the coffin was when the owners bragged about how much my project made in a company meeting and then denied me a Christmas bonus. I laid this offer on their desk on Friday and watched their jaws hit the floor. I told the HOA board president of the project I'm running about my resignation when they couldn't match my offer. His eyes got big and requested a meeting with the owners, expressing serious concern about moving forward with the new project without my involvement. They don't have anyone to replace me. And I'm not gonna lie, 
It feels good to hurt their pockets when I gave them everything I had for six years and only asked for the median project manager salary. Screw those greedy buttholes. You know what, OP? Good on you. You're clearly not being valued by your own company. And at that point, when you've put in such hard work for such a long period of time, it's been really successful and you've done really well for the company and you're just not getting rewarded. Yeah, in my opinion, it's time to move on, which is what you're doing. What's crazy to me is that even after showing the company the new contract that you're going to get and asking them if they can match it, they still didn't want to do that. Despite how successful you've been, how much business you've brought them and how much business they might lose if you leave they still weren't willing to double your wage it's not as if it's loads of money as well like as as op said he's gone for the median salary there he's not going crazy with it 80k for somebody that's bringing in that much you know revenue seems like a very very fair offer hey if you're not being valued get out of there well done now for our second story of revenge wage theft revenge I worked in maintenance for a religious organization that owned a large number of aged care facilities. Even though they were supposedly not-for-profit, they went all out to scam the government for as much money as they could. For example, I once saw a claim for wandering behavior in a bedridden resident so they could claim he had dementia, put him in a locked ward, and get extra money. I became aware that they were paying less than the minimum wage for many of the non-nursing staff. A high percentage of housekeeping were from overseas and they told them they could just get away with it. In my country, you can claim back wages for six years. And it just so happened I was about to reach that mark and I was thoroughly sick of their hypocrisy. I scheduled a meeting with the care manager and human resources. In the meeting, I requested to be paid the correct wage. After they realized I was not going to back down, they agreed to pay me correctly and would back pay me but only if I didn't tell the other employees. I declined and it ended up costing them over $700,000 to back pay everyone. I was recording the conversation and took them to Fair Work, an independent workplace ombudsman. Wow. They made everyone with the same job description as me redundant because they couldn't think of a way to legally fire me and then outsource maintenance, which ended up costing them much more. I took a nice holiday with the redundancy pay and informed on them with documented proof to the government aged care regulator for the fraud. They were inspected with a fine tooth comb and two of their flagship homes were put under six months constant government supervision. Always remember that wage theft is the largest crime wave in history. It is ongoing and no one ever goes to jail for it. To be honest, this is probably an issue that isn't talked about as much as it definitely should be. But OP, the fact that you've been so selfless here, risking your entire back pay just so everyone else could also get theirs is a brilliant thing. I mean, look, $700,000, it does sound a lot, but then in reality, it's what should have been paid to the workers anyway. It's not as if it's like a fine or they're losing that money, even though I guess they are, like they should have paid it in the first place. It's not theirs. It is pretty crazy and awful how companies like this do seem to get away with illegal practices such as this, underpaying their workers below the literal legal limit. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, Opie's right. I guess people don't really go to jail. Why not? I don't know. Surely the manager or the owner of this company should, you know, be put in prison for not even paying the minimum wage. I don't know. Punish him at least. Come on. And now moving on to our third pro-revenge story of this episode. The results of my yard work. First, let me say that I'm not 100% certain this is pro-revenge because I don't necessarily think of myself in that league. Well, guys, I've scanned this story. And trust me, 
This is definitely pro revenge. I live in a consolidated county. That means that the city and county governments merged some years back, ostensibly to reduce administrative and infrastructure costs. This is important because services like fire, police, utilities, and trash pickup are now managed by former county officials and not the city officials. Many of these services are also much more inefficient and some services have been outsourced to private companies. My municipality outsourced trash and yard waste pickup a few years ago. And the two companies who now do those collections are woefully inadequate and their services cost more than when the city or county did it they both have similar sets of rules as to what can be put out for collection take fewer types of waste away and no longer come two days a week as the city once did but now only come one day a week we're all paying more money for less service now that the background is done here's the story I did some yard work over the course of a couple of weekends last summer, cutting some limbs, trimming some shrubbery, and cutting down a dead tree in my backyard. Knowing what the rules are for how much yard waste, limbs, leaves, and such can be put out, I bagged everything that was supposed to be bagged, filling up three of them. Things like leaves and small clippings, weeds, and such. The paper bags for yard waste from the big box home improvement stores are what they require, so I used those. I just fill them halfway up so as to not make them too heavy for the waste collectors even though there are no written weight restrictions however if a bag is too full they will knock it over to spill out the contents so they then don't have to pick it up i cut the larger limbs down to under four feet in length or they wouldn't be picked up anything at all they can do to get out of picking something up they will do and they almost always leave a horrendous mess behind when they do pick things up the pile put out for collection is not allowed to be any wider than 10 feet nor any deeper or higher than five feet nor may it contain any piece longer than four feet all bags must be placed in a row no more than three feet away from the limb pile my pile was maybe four inches longer than the 10 feet and only because of the tiny ends of the limbs smaller than a toothpick hanging out of the pile the pile was no higher than three feet and no deeper than four feet in other words it fell within the size limits except for a few twigs with leaves i also had the three bags each about half full of clippings and leaves all lined up exactly as required and about two feet away from the main pile they were scheduled to come on a tuesday but when i got home from work that afternoon it was all still there there was a pre-printed notice on my door that my pickup exceeded the prescribed size limits and the note said that i'd be required to either pay a 250 dollars oversized load fee or reduce the size of the pile by half to make it fit into the limits this is where the revenge comes in i had the next two days off so the next morning bright and early i got out the hedge trimmers i trimmed the ends of the pile back to exactly nine feet in length after carefully laying those trim bits on top of the pile i went to the backyard where the limbs i'd not trimmed up the week before were stacked for the following week's pile and found four long fairly straight limbs i removed all the smaller limbs and leaves from these limbs ending up with four moderately straight poles each about seven feet long i marked one foot intervals on each pole in fluorescent orange paint and stuck them in the ground out of the curb in the front yard 
at the corners of a rectangle exactly five feet wide and 10 feet long. I got out the surveyor's tape, which is bright pink plastic tape used to mark property corners and tied it onto and around the stakes at the height of five feet. This established a visual outline of the volume I was required to stay within. I made absolutely sure that everything in the pile was completely inside the poles and below five feet in height. This required adding almost two thirds of the remaining pile in the backyard to the stack out front to bring it up to four feet, six inches in width, four feet, six inches in depth and nine feet, six inches in length with no pieces longer than 46 inches. The pile was almost twice as much material as before. This included some small logs up to four inches in diameter, also each 46 inches long. The limit is five inches in diameter, all within the limits of the five by five by 10, the waste company mandates. I carried each of the three bags of clipping to the backyard and filled each of them up as much as possible while still being able to fold over the tops and staple shut each bag. I also included small eight inch to 10 inch sections of the ends of larger limbs for added weight. The bags were now completely filled and weighed more than twice what they had before. I had to even use the hand truck to get them out to the curb. They were so heavy. Oh, and all the extra clippings I generated filled up two more bags. So the total was now five bags, the company limits. I then went inside, called the company, and very nicely asked that they come to pick up my yard waste since they hadn't done so on Tuesday. They agreed to send out a truck and crew and told me I would have to pay the fee. Come on then, I told them. They soon arrived and happened to be the same crew that normally comes to my neighborhood. I pulled a 25 foot Stanley tape measure from my pocket and asked them to measure the poles to confirm that the space was within the required limits. They did so and agreed the pile was not oversized and proceeded to spend the next two hours manually loading it all onto their truck. Oh, and it took both of them to manhandle each of those bags into the back of the truck too. I told them very nicely and with a smile that I knew what 10 feet was, pointed to the fence where it was marked with orange electrical tape and thanked them for coming to pick up my yard waste. The two tired, sweaty waste disposal guys just groaned, got in their truck and drove off. There was no extra fee added to my bill for that month. Never has been since. Now look, I know they got paid for their time and I know that I had to do a lot of extra work on my day off. But since last July, I've not once ever had them leave so much as a single leaf on the ground in front of my house. They had to actually do some hard work with me standing there in shorts, smiling and drinking cold Gatorade while they were sweating. Wow, great story, OP. And I told you guys that was pro revenge. There's nothing more infuriating than being set guidelines to stay within in order for something to happen. You stay within those guidelines and that thing doesn't happen, even though you've kept within the rules. Like, what's the point in having the guidelines in the first place? It doesn't make any sense to me. I think OP has shown that if you can be bothered to go to this extent and, you know, really like just push the boundaries of what's reasonable. I mean, yeah, everything was within the set out guidelines, but it was pretty close. That was the entire point. And you can get some pretty good revenge. So you know what? Fair enough. Also, the beauty of this revenge story is the fact that nobody really got hurt too badly, did they? I mean, no one was physically hurt. They were paid for their overtime. But the message that it sent to them is pretty clear. The fact that in the future, since that moment, they've taken every single little bit of rubbish and garden waste that you've put out, which, by the way, I assume is still within the guidelines, as it always has been, just shows that you got your point across. They listened. But yeah, the good thing is they got paid and, you know, it was only a little bit of extra work for them. Methodical, meticulous and well-planned. OP, excellent stuff. 
definitely Prorovan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I knocked the divisional manager off his pedestal. I work for a large global IT company. In my team, we are part of a larger extended team and an even larger still divisional team. The manager of this division is called Raj. He's based in the States and is what many would call the poster boy definition of a corporate suck up. According to him, he is in constant video chats with the CEO and has a lot of face-to-face interaction with him. He also appears on much of our division's promotional emails and photographic material, so he's a company-wide recognized person. As for me, I am a trench working techie from Scotland. My direct manager is always happy with my performance and I'm somewhat known in our extended team, but not so much in the divisional team. Until this event, which was a while before the COVID outbreak, although I was aware of Raj and his reputation, I'd never worked with him directly. I got invited to a company-wide collaboration event in America, which we usually use for technical training and innovation discussion. We got there and there were some initial social events and meeting greets. Raj was amongst the group and his general demeanor seemed appropriate for the reputation which followed him. We went into that first day bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was assigned to a group of 10 people to work on a problem with some coding. All was going well until we came to do some group presentations. For our group, a young woman named Natalie was speaking for our results. It all seemed to go okay, but after the session was over, Raj asked to see Natalie out in the hall. From inside the room, we could hear Raj literally screaming at her. Many, many offensive slurs were used, and we could hear banging on the wall as well. Natalie returned to the room a sobbing mess, much to the shock of everyone. Raj returned as if nothing had happened. This pattern continued over the course of the week. Raj would single out people for these one-on-one performance critiques. He'd go into detail about how work was substandard and how they needed to improve, all while taking group photos for corporate comms for the higher-ups, orchestrating shots to make us all look like one big happy family. I spoke to some of my own team back home about this in my downtime, and it does turn out that this has always been rumored behavior for him. Just no one ever knew someone who'd experienced this before. I don't know what the job culture is like for this role in a place like America, but here we have dignity at work regulations. Performance criticism is fine, but not when you're engaging in ritualistic humiliation of your employees. I knew exactly what I was going to do. For the next few days, I made sure that I was delivering more presentations than anyone else and really making an effort to attract attention. As hoped, Raj asked me for a chat and pulled me into the hall. He didn't wait for the door to close before starting his rants. Experiencing it firsthand was interesting. He claimed I had no idea what I was talking about, even though it had likely been about 20 years since he did any technical work himself. He was vile, shouting and spitting in my face. I also learned what the banging noises were. He would punch doors and slam his hands on the wall near me as if to try and intimidate me. I was prepared mentally though and just smiled and nodded during the entire rant. 
He looked angry that I was reacting this way and by the end of it I thought he was legitimately going to burst a blood vessel when he finished. I asked him if he was done He told me to get out of his sight, and that is when I did it I gave him a glasgow kiss for those unfamiliar That's a headbutt and it's not the first headbutt i've delivered in my life having been brought up near glasgow He collapsed to the floor in shock Holding his nose, which didn't bleed unfortunately, looking up at me. I leaned down and in my most Glaswegian accent, I whispered to him, If you ever disrespect me or my colleagues again, I'll kick the utter f out of you next time, you I went back in the room while he did not. Inevitably, I got the HR call. Raj was in the room as well, and I could see that he had two black eyes as a result of the headbutt. I was asked to explain myself and I told the truth Mostly I explained about his abusive behavior But focused specifically on the hand slamming and how it had been intimidating me It hadn't really but I massively played up on this aspect of the encounter I described the headbutt as a reaction to when he slammed the wall right next to my head with his hands I wasn't sure what story he told them but I was sent away after this. I ultimately ended up with a disciplinary on my record, but no further consequences. Other team members were interviewed over the next few days, and once the pattern of abuse was established, Raj was terminated from the company. The most satisfying part of this was the day after, when everyone on the course went out for dinner, Natalie insisted that he stand next to her for the division group photograph. Black eyes and all. I have to think that that photograph contributed to his downfall in some way. You know, a lot of the time on this subreddit, we see really meticulous plans of revenge come together, formulated over years, thought out to every single detail, and it all ends up with one amazing payoff. And look, they're great, don't get me wrong, I love them. However, there is something so beautiful about just a headbutt. Simple as that. No subtlety behind it, no months or years of planning, just headbutting somebody for being a simple as that it's brilliant to see raj fully deserved it and look if i could choose anyone in the world to give raj a headbutt it would be someone from scotland they are hard as fuck because look normally what would happen in these sort of stories is op may well have secretly recorded the interaction and got everyone else to secretly record and come together and gone to hr and gotten fired and yeah that would have been great but sometimes people like this just need to be i'm sorry but headbutted like simple as that i don't think someone like raj would learn from being fired i think they actually needed this and look i'm not trying to advocate for physical assault but in this story a little bit of karma i think it was justified and what's amazing as well is that final photo as well i mean that's just so good him forcing everyone who's really unhappy to get in photos and accept they're having a great time just so that he can look good for corporate and in reality everyone's sad and then at the end him standing next to everyone who is finally happy with black eyes perfect now for our next story of revenge i made my ex-boss lose twenty-five thousand on his salary i used to work at a wendy's as a manager it was a pretty trashy job but my general manager was nice and most employees were easy to deal with all this started when i was already working roughly 65 hours per week i was offered a 100 bonus to work one of my only days off I decided to do it and later that week before i'd even been paid i was asked to come in again i said this time i would like 150 dollars as at this point i'd worked almost 23 days without any days off they said they'd do it so in i went cut forward three weeks i've been asking about my money for a while now i'm told by my general manager that i could speak to my district manager as he'd be in later that night 
The conversation goes like this. Hey, do you know what's going on with my bonus? I'm owed $250 with both the day's work. Well, that's why I came here. You see, the store has been having trouble making money. All right, so basically he's telling me that my performance isn't good enough. At this point, I'm working dinner rush and the whole night is with me and three others. My girlfriend, best friends, and another friend that has grown close. Your shift just isn't making as much money as others and your drive time is higher. Well, look, we're doing all we can. It takes extra time when we only have half the number of people with the same amount of customers. Oh, that's really no excuse. Well, anyway, when am I going to receive my bonus? My district manager was a very sheepish man. Uh, worse. So he's very obviously scared when he tells me this. We cannot give you a bonus until the revenue rises and drive time goes down. I am speechless at this point. The rest of the conversation was a blur. I grew up on the south side. You don't mess with people's money. A day passes. I've had time to collect myself and speak to my entire crew. Everyone agrees to walk out with me. So I call my district manager. The phone starts to ring, but then it cuts off. He declined my call. So I called him again and again and again. Finally, I just leave him a voicemail. Look, Jacob, you need to talk to me. You have until 8.45 to call me back or all of night crew is done. At this point, it's 7.30. I go into my office and start watching my boss's email. She leaves it open and logged in and I figured he'd probably email her before calling me. Around 20 minutes of watching this email and boom, an email pops up. Emergency Lonnie. This idiot put my name on the email. So of course I read it. Long story short, in the email, it was him trying to make sure my general manager was going to be ready to go to work. AKA, he wasn't going to call me or give me my money. So I get all my people together and we walk out, leaving everything out. All the meat, all the toppings, the fryer, everything. The next day, I turn in my keys. About a week later, I'm called by my brother. What's up, bro? My brother replies, Jacob lost all of his stores. He has to go back to Indiana. My brother worked at the store as well. If you don't know, district manager's pay is based on the amount of stores they have and how much they make. When Jacob moved back to Indiana, his wages got reduced from 65K to around 40K. All this for $250. So there you go. Just because Jacob wasn't willing to pay you $250, that by the way, wasn't a bonus. That's just like what you worked for. A bonus is completely different. And I'm not entirely sure why it was phrased like that on the whole. That's just work. That's just a pay slip. You're, you're owed that money. You did the work. There's no bonus about it. That's just what you're owed, right? But anyway, the fact that he couldn't give you $250 ends up costing him $25,000 per year. If that's not some good revenge and some good karma, I don't know what is. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I will never understand treating employees badly. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially when they're doing such a good job. You can't employ someone for a shift and not pay them. That's illegal. You can't do that. You can't get away with that. And I'm sorry, but yeah, Jacob, you deserve this. I have to say as well, good on you, OP and your team for doing a walkout because it would have been easy to say, you know what, it sucks, but I want to keep my job. You guys took the hard route and you actually made a stand against this guy and it was amazing to see. Good teamwork, bunch of legends. Screw the DM, screw Wendy's. That's what I say. Bag of nails. I am a dryliner, which means I do a lot of moving around for my trade as most of the work I do is towards the end of most projects. 
This means that I spend a lot of my time renting flats and houses for only short periods Usually about six months at a time This has meant that i've had to deal with a lot of landlords over the years both good and bad When it comes to the bad landlords I'll normally just walk away and get on with moving to the next job and take the loss of my deposit and never use them again If i'm working in that area in the future, but this particular landlord got my back up so badly I wasn't just going to just walk away I managed to get myself onto a big job in london working on the new wembley stadium So I decided i'd look for a house to rent rather than a flat as I knew that I was going to be working on it for a while So I found a reasonably priced for london house to rent from a private landlord in a local newspaper I give him a call and meet with him later that day. He seemed okay I went to view the house paid him the deposit in cash and moved in that weekend For those of you that don't know, Wembley is one of the biggest stadiums in the world. It's got about 90,000 capacity and it's very lovely. I ended staying in the house for nearly a year with no problems. I always had the rent paid into my landlord's account on time and fixed any small problems that might crop up with the house myself without bothering him. Up until the time when it came to moving out, I only ever spoke to him twice on the phone after there was an issue with the heating that I was unable to fix myself. And he sent an engineer around the next day to fix the boiler come the time that the job was finishing I went round to the pawn shop that he owned to give him notice that i'd be moving out the following month And to let him know that I was happy for him to come round and inspect the house before I moved out So that I could get my deposit back from him when I returned the keys He never came round while I was in to inspect the house So I assumed that he'd come round and let himself in while I was at work As I told him that I had no issue with him doing that if needs be so On the day I moved out, I went around the shop and handed him his keys back and asked for my deposits. His response was, what deposits? Uh, the month's rent that I gave you in advance of moving in as a security deposit, I replied. He then told me he was keeping that to cover the cost of repairing damages caused while I was living in the property. I responded, what damages? With the bits of work and decorating I'd done on the house, it was in a better state now than when I'd moved in. His response was to step forward and get right up in my face and say, you're not getting it back, so f*** off. He then gave me a shove, which made me take three steps back to avoid falling on my butt. Now, I am what you would class as average size and build, and this landlord has a good four inches on me height-wise. And obviously has spent some time down the gym and the wise move would have been to back away and cut my losses However, before I was a builder I was a member of the british army in a regiment called the royal green jackets And they trained us that the best way to proceed when confronted with aggression Is to meet it swiftly and with much more violent aggression So without even thinking about it I started to move forward with the full intention of dropping this idiot quickly and painfully But after the first step a thought popped into my head like a bolt from the blue So I stopped and took a moment to examine the idea from a few different angles and said Okay, bye to my now ex-landlord walking out of his shop What the landlord didn't know was that I had a spare back door key cut when i'd lived in the house Which i'd stashed in my van in case I ever lost the keys so I could still get back in So later that evening I let myself back in and decided to stop for one last night Before leaving in the morning for my next job, which was in scotland. I spent the last night in the house Carefully removing every bit of wood in there. I took down doors removed skirting boards banisters architrave and floorboards being extremely careful not to damage anything 
I also completely dismantled all the kitchen units took up the wood flooring and carpets I then left everything in nice neat piles in each room I got in my van the next morning and was preparing to start my drive when I decided I wanted to rub a little more salt into my ex-landlord's wounds So I stopped at a shop on the way out of london got a spare hammer screwdriver bag of nails and box of wood screws out of the back of my van and went into the shop my ex-landlord was not there probably for the best so i left the tools with his confused looking assistant and told her to tell her boss you'll be needing these and left for my drive north i had my phone switched off while driving and a few hours later while i was having a bite to eat in a service station up by nottingham i decided to switch it back on and was greeted by a string of text messages and some very colorful voice notes which left me chuckling to myself oh and by the way i did reply to one of the texts that he sent me the text was do you think you're freaking funny leaving me nails and screws i responded yes I tell you what this revenge was pretty great not gonna lie I don't really think the landlord can do anything about this because you haven't damaged the property Yeah, obviously what you've done is incredibly annoying, but you haven't necessarily damaged any of the individual components You've just taken them apart extremely annoying, but is it damaging? I'm not sure the only thing I can think of which would have made this revenge better Imagine this you take off every single door from its hinges in that house and you just you just about them and you change them all around put different doors on different hinges and then it would be like a puzzle for the landlord he wouldn't know which door was in the right place you know some that wouldn't fit perhaps they'd be different heights who knows something like that instead of just removing everything putting things back but in different places imagine different screws the wrong screws in the wrong cabinet for example how annoying would that be some things you wouldn't even realize maybe for a number of years or when new tenants came in great revenge but I would have done that. A lot of effort, but definitely worth it getting shafted by someone like this. Now moving on to our second story of revenge. City tries to find me for not mowing my lawn. So I threaten the city with a fine for not mowing theirs. The city would send me letters telling me my lawn was too tall and that if I don't mow it, they'll send out a contractor to mow it at a price of something like $50 per square foot. So I stopped mowing their lawn. See, my property ended 15 feet before the curb. Not a 15 foot easement, it just ended there. My easement was 10 feet back from that, meaning 25 feet from the curb. So after that portion of the lawn got too high, I copy pasted their letter to me and certified mailed it back to the city. They also sent me a letter saying I needed to mow it at about the same time. I looked up my plat in the county records and referenced it back to them. I took pictures with a tape measure and reiterated that if they don't take action soon I'm going to hire a contractor to mow it and charge them the same absurd rate that they were going to charge me About a week later. I come home from work and it's been mowed. No bill just mowed So I continued not mowing that 15 by 50 foot strip of grass for the next five or so years I lived there I'd even hired a kid to mow for me as I'd gotten too busy and very specifically i told him not to mow that strip wow you just kept making the city mow that tiny strip really is great now those of you that watch my channel regularly may have seen another of my videos very recently with a very similar story to this one i just don't get why the city would even care i imagine that op had been mowing this part of the lawn for however long they've been living there and after getting that that letter yeah you're just gonna stop aren't you like it's so pedantic and unnecessary i don't see the point and yeah you're gonna fight fire with fire in this situation it makes absolutely no sense for the city to send this letter now they're having to waste a lot of money mowing it themselves when you had somebody doing it for you ridiculous 
it's so good as well that, that you now employ a kid to mow just a section of your lawn and not the whole thing just because you know let's get one back on the city it's very very good and very unnecessary but i absolutely love it that's what revenge is all about now for our final revenge story a co-worker calls me out for a small mistake so i put her mistake on display to start this woman is great as a person but as a co-worker she is the worst let's call her regina when i started at this place a year ago regina was to train me on an aspect of our job i had to ask her to slow down and repeat herself several times because nothing made sense keep in mind i've worked in this industry for eight years longer than her my boss was able to explain it clearly in five minutes and i've never had an issue Shortly after starting, I noticed Regina would CC our boss on every email she sent me. Regina would email me several times a day, calling me out for problems she noticed. Always CCing our boss, but I was always in the right and my boss would back me up. I emailed Regina, only Regina, and said I felt like she was trying to get me in trouble. I felt disrespected and I was wondering what I could do to improve. She replied, CCing our boss again, telling me that if I felt that way, it was my own doing. Got it. My entire team works from home. So our boss has put people in charge of certain things so one person has control. One of my tasks is issuing documents for signature via the very popular system we all know. Basically, my team sends me an email that says, send these documents to X, Y, and Z, and I get to it. Good news, Regina only copies our boss on super important documents, which I understand. The other day, Regina sends me a request and I failed to copy her when it was issued. Fixed in under a minute and it didn't cause any issue, but she still made a big deal about it over email and in our team meeting. The next request I get from her has, be sure to double check your work and all people are copied as detailed below. This annoys me. The funny thing was, she didn't even attach the documents that I needed to send, nor tell me where the docs were located for me to get them myself. I reply, asking for the docs, and she sends them, stating, these are the final approved versions. Except they're wrong. First, we send PDFs, not Word docs. She sent me Word docs. Second, the formatting was atrocious. Signature blocks cover four pages when they should just be on one. The vendor name and address were put into different tables, so it made no sense. So I sent it as is. Of course, my boss is copied on this and actually has to sign this doc, and she is not happy with the state of this document. I replied to my boss with the email from Regina saying that this doc was approved by our boss, and with my other projects, I didn't QC like I normally do, which isn't expected of me, but I do normally to prevent issues down the road. My boss replies to Regina and CCs me laying into her. The OP, me, is not to fix her mistakes as he's got his own job to do. This was also reiterated in our next team meeting and I could see how angry my boss was. She and I had a one-on-one and she said that she was not upset with me. The next request I got from Regina was incredibly detailed and had everything I needed in the right format. Yeah, I mean, this is just very, very snaky. People like this, tough. Just weirdly always trying to get under your skin 
make you feel bad about yourself and make themselves look good to their boss. The fact that you email Regina OP, just a flower email asking a question, then they reply to you, CCing the boss. It's just so snaky. It's so obvious that they're trying to get you in trouble and trying to make sure that the boss knows that you've made a mistake. It's not teamwork. It's just very unnecessary. And yeah, as I say, it like goes against the whole idea of working in a team. It's just very, very, I don't know, snitchy, I guess. Horrible. And look, as you say, you normally would quality check. And I guess you kind of did quality check. You knew something was wrong. But anyway, you're not going to stick up for someone who's been going behind your back trying to get you punished, are you? When they do something wrong. And it's great that the boss the whole time didn't even care what Regina was saying. They were like, yeah, I know you're doing a good job and I know you're in the right here. Just let Regina do her thing. Ultimately, it led to Regina getting, you know, punished herself. Good stuff. Very strange behavior from her. I don't know if she was trying to just get a promotion that maybe you both would have been going for or just make herself look better than she was. It's very strange and it's very backwards. I don't like it at all. And I wouldn't employ someone that was acting like that. That's for sure. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.